This is the 90th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Bernhardt. With me are my dear co-hosts Robin Svensson and Christopher Wikström. Warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hello, hi, how do you do? Greetings, stranger. Stockholm Legacy Report can be found whenever we release on the Top Deck app. In this episode, we will dedicate all of our discussions to the rather glorious run my two co-hosts did at the league finals recently here in Stockholm. As regular listeners will know, here in Stockholm we play Paper Legacy every week at Alpha Spel, our local game store. Every weekly session earns you points for the season and at the end of the season the 16 biggest kahunas gather to battle it out for glory. Robert and Christopher, which decks did you bring to this mighty event? So last week we were speculating about the meta and discussing a little bit of deck choices. But I went with my favorite companion the last month. I went with Naya Depths. I, big shocker, uh, went for Aluren that I tweaked a bit to be able to combat Delver and Reanimator, which was a very weird read since there was only one deck in total of those two archetypes. But yeah, I brought Aluren. Well, tried and trusted strategies here, as is advisable when stakes are high. So, let us go round by round and see how you did. Round number one, Robin, you played against what? I was up against a player that is usually playing Jeskai Replenish, and he was on that today as well. It's a brew of his he's been working on, and I have had pretty good win rate against him with this deck, but I think... He has tuned the deck and it has improved over the time and it has become harder to beat as the time goes on. And in the first game I don't present action fast enough I think and uh, his value engines and uh, card draw and card filtering wins him the game. Then in uh, game 2 I managed to win with endurances that come from the board. I board in as many threats as possible. That is my go-to plan against Jeskai. Like just trying to overload their swords of plowshares and prismatic endings with different kind of threats. And hopefully making them counter with a force or something that uh, gives me a little bit of value and eats up their resources. And then eventually either go for protected merit leech kill with safekeeper or just means gambu beatdowns and in game two it was endurance beats uh, that did it for me and then in game three i have a pretty good start i have a mox double land and uh, a silver library so that's a good start and he's he is on the play and he starts with island and when i play my turn one sylvan he brainstorms in response then let it resolve he taps up draw a card and play another brainstorm and then extends the hand he has not found a second land on his brainstorms <laughs> and his brainstorm locked and the Sylvan will just bury him in card advantage so no for sure yeah that's a pretty brutal way to die but you know yep. <laughs> it's over at that point <laughs> well what did you play for round one Christopher well I actually placed first in the league so I had a buy in the first round and that was very much appreciated uh, me coming off hot from uh, a wedding uh, sleeping three and a half hours <laughs> so uh, that was that was really nice I could you know sit down scout the meta a bit have a cup of coffee and re-sleeve my deck so that was really nice it was you know meditational 
So yeah, I I did uh, very well in the first round. <laughs> as good. I'm, as... I'm proud of your strong efforts. <laughs> Thanks. I I did try very hard. All right then. So both of you are in the winning hole now in round two. What did you play, Robin? I was up against Initiative, like the Dungeon Stompy variant that is still lingering around after the bannings. So this is a mono-white one. And the player has played this archetype for a very long time. He's been very successful. Uh, But he's made a few changes to the deck lately that I think has improved my win rate against it. He is uh, a little bit lower to the ground with Esper Sentinels. No Chalices, which is, uh, of course, terrifying for any non-Chalice decks to play against. And he has those uh, a little bit cheeky Chancellor of the Annex that sort of gives him time, I guess, but is also a little bit of a dead card in some situations. Of course, a late game banger if he ends up with seven mana or whatever it takes. Like when you play in this uh, very known meta that an invitational tournament is, you can make some adjustments to your sideboard and uh, I usually run two deafening silences, but I know that the local storm player called in sick the night before. So uh, those went out of the board and in came one extra Hushbringer for this specific matchup. I knew there was going to be at least two initiative decks. I thought there was going to be, and it also was one Bant Natural Order, which probably can be fought with uh, Hushbringer as well. So I was prepared for this matchup. In the first game, he has the Chancellor trick in the beginning, and he also plays uh, Esper Sentinel. So, uh, like... Playing into his effects early is very dangerous. So I need to make a few land drops before I can really start playing magic. Fortunately for me, he doesn't have much pressure from that. He has a Talia, which I can bounce with a Caracas. And he has a naturally drawn Shadow Spear. But I managed to flip my Liberator, <laughs> which Ooh. is a very good card. And from Let's there on, go. I can just, like, the first attack kills an Esper Sentinel, the second attack kills, like, a Mox Chrome, and the third attack can kill off the, the Shadow Spear. And I eventually just end up with a bigger board than him, and the game is over. And then in the second game, is a little bit more toe-to-toe. He have a similar opening with Chancellor, and, uh, but I have land drops to make. And, uh, like, in, in the last turn before he has lethal on the board, I have a Merit Lage that he keeps on blocking uh, with flyers from his deck but I if I remember correctly I find Minskin Boot to fling it and uh, win against initiative 2-0 well metagamed on people calling in sick there Robin Christopher did you manage to make any equally successful <laughs> skill plays <laughs> in round two well I was up against uh, one of the people who auto qualified for the tournament uh, taking down if you remember we had a tournament report a couple of months ago where I lost in the semis and the person who took down that tournament was a Lance player. So I was up against that player for round two and Lurin versus Lance is a very tricky matchup for Lance because, you know, you have to find an angle where you can either kill the Lurin player very fast or they have to get kind of unlucky on their mana so that they're actually open for wasteland and stuff like that you know in game one it's a really grindy game i went to one life at two separate locations due to shadow spear and constructs but eventually i get to you know stabilize and turn the tide by you know edder channeling 
bounce their only blocker and attack with an Uro, Endurance and Ice Fang for lethal. And game two was more like this matchup is supposed to go. They tried to get a get ahead, exploration and stuff like that. I'm just buying time. Eventually I put down one of my favorite sideboard cards, a pernicious deed, and I get to blow up sphere resistance, construct, maybe exploration and stuff like that as well at the end of turn. Grind a bit more, and then Aluren and Acerac joins the party. And it's it's all over from there. So uh, I won 2-0. Nice. Well done. Easy as cake. That is, yeah, it's such it's such a hard matchup for Lance to play. I mean, it's not impossible, but it is very hard. Yeah, yeah. You must have been happy with sitting down and seeing what they were playing. Yeah, pretty happy. Like I'm, uh, Like I've said before, I did have like a weird losing streak to Lance with Aluren, where I lost two times in a row. In, tour- <laughs> in 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 tournaments, <laughs> a losing streak of two matches. Yeah, well, as a like, uh, whenever I lose to to Lance, You're being very hard on yourself here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like when I lose to Lance, I always get a bit shocked because it's it's kind of uncommon for me to to lose that matchup. So losing two in a row at two medium stakes tournaments was that was a losing streak for me. That's the life of a winner. Like you lose two times and you just call it a streak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean it's the yeah. smallest streak possible, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean once is not a, you know, a non-incident. Two is a trend. But nothing happens until it happens three times in a row. So, speaking of that, on to round three. Robin, what did you play? All right, so this time I'm up against another uh, Jeskai deck. And this is a very Planeswalker-heavy control deck. No staffs, but a terrible Planeswalker called Comet. <laughs> the little uh, space dog. Ooh. And uh, like to summarize woof, woof, these woof. games, he kills everything that I present. Bounces things with his Teferi. Draws a lot of cards with his Narsets and eventually lands a pup that gains loyalty at a very fast rate. If you remember, like the Oak, one of the problems with Oak was that it had such high loyalty. And this one skyrockets as well. It was up to nine at some point. I think one of the modes is that it shoots damage equal to its loyalty. And he, he rolled the die twice in a row and shoot me from 18 to like two or something a terrifying planeswalker and uh, he kills me in uh, two quick games and i really didn't stand a chance wow yeah that is super rock a super rocket hard how did it feel to lose so massively to the meme dog planeswalker it was a new experience i haven't really faced off against space dog as much before well it felt really strong on an empty board so like in in those kind of shell where you can prismatic ending or plow most of opponent's threats and then just you know slam that planeswalker it felt really strong i don't really have any answers in my deck for planeswalkers except for creatures to attack it so it it felt terrifying and yeah but like it's a very good player a very hard deck to play against as an Aya so it was not surprising to lose against a Jeskai deck right cool so Christopher did you have any any dogs in the pen for round three yeah I was up against my dog no it's it's a friend from the LGS who's playing a lot of non-blue decks I had seen from previous rounds that this person was a painter and uh, to no surprise they knew that I was on Aluren so uh, 
game one can be summarized as a very delicate game. You know, we both know the matchup. We've played it against each other for a very, like many years. Maybe not Painter against Aluren, but he has played his <laughs> decks against Aluren for many years. One of you is a consistent player. Yeah, like both of us, he does this really smart move of playing a Goblin Engineer to get the uh, Chaos Defiler, which is one of those Warhammer 40k cards, which together with a, uh, a welder can actually answer Aluren quite nicely, which is crazy because like when I played Painter way back, like I, I loved grinding that deck. One of the things that was really hard to deal with was enchantments and this deals with enchantments. So that's that was very cool. So he had an active active welder and a chaos defiler and you know i was sitting there waiting for a good opportunity to get rid of either the welder or have an endurance so that i could just you know deal with the graveyard in another way eventually i do find a way to kill the uh, the welder and just combo him out game two was the opposite of delicate <laughs> this was one of those you know fist fight brawls that you sometimes see we're both you know trying to throw haymakers at each other i knew that this was going to be a very dirty game when my opponent went turn two goblin engineer get trinisphere into the graveyard i knew that this is it's going to be a slugfest we we throw some cards at each other but uh, you know not having the the opportunity to combo and my opponent's board growing really fast with that ETB discard your hand draw free cards a nerf card it, it was very hard to deal with so I, I lost that one game three was a very slow back and forth game but eventually my opponent started running out of resources I made a lot of you know big plays and eventually I was sitting there with four cards in hand my against my opponent's one. So I get, and, and three of those cards are creatures with flash, quattle and two endurances. Even if they would find some way to, you know, get, get the combo into play and stuff like that, I could always endurance myself to get buy more draw steps and stuff like that, while also adding to the clock. But eventually... Endurance beatdown gets there. Even if they find a way, there is no way. Yeah, like there is one way which is super scary. And that's uh, where they find the Soul Guide Lantern also. So they can exile my graveyard in response to, to Endurance. That is the one way that is always scary and always on the radar. But yeah, my opponent was very pressed on resources. And I was attacking for four damage a turn. So that was pretty nice. On then to round four, which I think will be one of the most interesting rounds of uh, this tournament. Am I correct? Well, uh, yeah, it was sort of a derby. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> the podcast mirror. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you were paired down, Christopher, and I was paired up. Yeah, that sucked so much. So we were three players at uh, three and three and oh, so you can double draw. And uh, my three and a half hours sleep really wanted me to double draw and have a really long lunch. Uh, but yeah, I got the umpire. And as I was two and one, I had to play. And uh, I did or gamble or gamble. <laughs> but I like I, I decided I wanted to play. You know, we were talking about the sideboard a little bit earlier and one of the other changes that I did when taking out Deafening Silence was inserting Edesworn Canonist instead. It's a similar card, but a little bit different text 
of course, it's a much better against the Luran because <laughs> Deafening Silence just do, doesn't do anything against a creature combo deck, uh, while Cannonist is super good. As I knew, there were no Storm deck, but definitely an Luran deck, and I was also guessing that it might be an Elves deck present. I thought that Cannonist uh, was a good choice. Game one is really tough against Aluren. We both are combo decks but yours is usually a little bit faster um, because you also have a lot of blockers for Merit Lage. So I need Merit Lage and I need some way to get it through all of the little birds and flying snakes and all of that things that is in the way. And that's how it ended up. You uh, comboed me. Yeah, it's uh, like like you mentioned, game one is really tricky for the Naya part because like, like you mentioned, we're both combo decks, but having a lot of blockers and also force a will to you know have more agency over what matters in the matchup really makes game one tricky i i found a spot you know i i resolved my aluren and passed and you made marit mm. at the end of turn and when you were tapped out out of swords to plowshares i just played a serac yes from the hand as you drew it up yeah but then in game two uh, a lot of cards come in i don't board in force of vigor <laughs> I I don't I don't mean to destroy Aluren. <laughs> no, I've I've uh, talked to a lot of people about this, and I do believe that it's a trap. Yeah. It's not terrible, but it's definitely yeah. There are better things, but if you don't have anything, it's better than nothing. But yeah. you have a lot of good cards, so I would not bring them in either. I think. Yeah, I mean, I had a canonist and also the double Hushbringer, which also stops the combo. Not not as efficiently, but it, it does do it. And it also uh, ruins your value train with all of the Strixes and Uros and all of that. Of course, I have the, the Caracas as well to just bounce the Uros so that you don't get an attack trigger either. Canonist come in, double Hushbringer. I have the Blasts, which is very good against all of the blue decks, of course, and uh, a Veil of Summer. In game two, I get to make a quite fast Merit Lage, and I think you stumble a little bit on your mana. You don't have a double green, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I missed land drop four for the mm. kill. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was... Uh, it happens, yeah. but it was it was rough. I was sitting there like, I have two draw steps to draw a fetcher green source, mm. but I, I could not yeah. find it. And I Merit Lage, and I also think I had like a Seduce step from the hand or something like that, so yeah, I could just attack through the blockers. Yeah, either that or with a reclaimer. But yeah. it, it was it was unavoidable. It happened. Yeah. So that was that's always hard. Sometimes, you know, when, when your opponent makes especially Naya players, when they make Marit and untap and you're like, Okay, I have force for the crop and they just play step or something like that. It's so brutal, yeah. man. <laughs> like it's <laughs> That's why you play double what double do? step. And <laughs> the second step is the, the best. Two yeah. step. Yeah, two step. Then in game three is all about the sideboard cards. I get a Sylvan Safekeeper into play, and that Safekeeper protects my dear Edisworn Canonist and eventually follows up with also Hushbringer. And I make a Merit Lage, and I start uh, attacking on all of your blockers. And uh, if I remember correctly, my Sedir steps are all on the battlefield or in the graveyard. Yeah, you had you had one uh, step. You boarded one out. Right. Uh, I remember you said this, and you were like, why did I board it yeah. out? Because you would have had a very clean kill earlier, like if you had both right. of them. But uh, there was this one oppor- like one thing that we talked about, one interaction that was very interesting. When I decided to endurance and target right. you to shrink your knight, with the Sylvan Safekeeper in play, you could have shuffled your step 
back into yeah. the deck. But then you found that line. Myself. You found a similar yeah. line. I, I endurance myself eventually, so I could grab the step again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you killed it somehow. Maybe with uh, maybe with a knight getting the Yavimaya and then sacrificing it. It was one... Exactly. It was a con- convoluted line. I had to grab Yavimaya to be able to to sacrifice the step with the knight and then play endurance yeah. and then like refetch the step to get merit leech unblockable yeah <laughs> and, and meanwhile i'm like wow. you have this because at this point in time i i had dealt with the hushbringer right but not the canonist i don't think so but you had a deed in play which was also very interesting <laughs> yeah especially like i can't i can't really pop it for two because then i lose all my blockers <laughs> that's pretty bad against mari too <laughs> right and merit lage is in indestructible <laughs> yeah i was just thinking about the the hushbringer and our endurances maybe we missed something there. maybe we maybe did. we did <laughs> or maybe yeah yeah maybe we did i can't remember i i, I mean we're both getting old <laughs> people don't we're both getting old. Says the sort of thirty-something. I have ten <laughs> weeks of vacation ten weeks going on least. right now. <laughs> well, interesting though how sort of you missing land drop for two turns in game two makes you go one two instead of two zero. Oh. Yeah, that's that's really crazy. And you know, it's yeah. it's one of those things that happen. You know, that being close in game two does not really say anything about game three. And I think that's one of the things that you have to remember when playing yeah, like you're close to winning one game just shake it off and deal with the new game it was really fun games like robin tried to play the outcast liberator mm-hmm. is that yeah. name to destroy the deed and force me to pop it which also leads to lethal of course <laughs> but i i did i did have the force for that one but it was you know such a fun such a fun match yeah it was good so then on to round five, you're both three and one in a 16-player tournament. And what does that mean? Well, we look at the, sl- uh, at the standings and decide that it should be safe to draw depending on who we're paired up against. Yeah, it was. I think it was 100% safe for us. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never feel 100% safe drawing, but uh, I, I guess it was safe. I was paired up against a guy who has been playing Monored Prison for the last season and doing very well with it. So I was 100% sure he was on that. Not a matchup I want to play unnecessarily. So I was happy to take the handshake instead. And he was uh, 4-0, so he was like... No, it was 3-0-1, of course, because he had drawn. Yeah, he was one of those luck sacks that didn't get paired right, down. Right, right. So it was an easy draw there from from his <laughs> part uh, as well yeah and i i was paired up against the same uh, jess guy stellar pup control deck so that's a matchup i don't mind playing but you know getting to grab a hamburger is not bad either Well then, that means that we are now entering elimination stage of this here prestigious league season finals. Quarterfinals, Robin, what were you up against? I'm up against Painter, the same player that Christopher was playing earlier. This is a matchup I've played quite, uh, quite a lot. I feel like it's quite an even matchup when it comes to how the decks match up against each other. But I feel that I also like know what to do. Uh, pretty much. Unlucky for him, he mulls to 5 in game 1, and I have a super quick start 
I have land reclaimer, mox and green sun for arbor. So three mana sources and uh, a reclaimer. That's a lot, man. Yeah. So like he tries to to do what he can with his five cards. He plays a, a goblin and then the second goblin, which entombs something in his grave. And I, I take the most secure line that I can think of and just fetches the bog immediately to clear out the graveyard so now the goblins doesn't do anything and from there on he doesn't have much action going and I can just assemble the Merit Leech and strike for lethal. And then in game two he is taking the sort of initiative here and uh, goes for a pretty fast attempt to kill me with uh, grindstone and a painter in play but I have the swords for painter and get to live another turn and of course the exile clause on the source of plowshare is very important because he has goblins to fetch it if it would have just been killed and from there on I can assemble the avatar and he doesn't have an answer for it and I managed to win 2-0 and yeah, that's very clean yeah. and that matchup is very fun to play Yes, it's a great matchup. It's one of one of my uh, non non blue like matchup favorites. Oh, nice, nice. Well, semifinals for you, Christopher. What did quarterfinals bring for you? Well, I'm uh, up against the sturdy lance player from round two once again. This time I'm on the play in game one, also, which is super great. But I'm multi five, <laughs> and. Uh, the Lance player eventually just wears me down with uh, constructs and a pretty fast merit. And this list that I played, you can find it on, uh, I think, M- what is it? MTG Sticks. Top. Something like that. Yeah, MTG. Yeah, you can, you can search it. I have removed a lot of my bounds. So I used to play Brazen Borrowers and stuff like that. So a merit with Shadow Spear is extremely scary nowadays, Ow. where it used to be quite chill without the... Quite chill. <laughs> it's never chill with a Shadow Spear, but, you know, it's manageable somewhat. You know, you have to find the cave for the Shadow Spear so you can just keep on jumping forever and stuff like that. But I, I do lose game one pretty harshly. In game two, I actually mulligan to five again, but this five is a pretty nice hand, you know? It's the Alluring Classic. It's a hand that draws more cards and eventually it just leads to a combo kill. I got to squeeze in a Pernicious Deed in there to just take out, I think, maybe Constructs, Nurse's Saga, Spear Resistance, you know. I love Deed. Deed is so good. I love Deed. Gets the Deed done. <laughs> then we come to the to the final game and my opponent molds to six and I actually get to keep a seven. So this is really fun. My My opponent starts with Turn one Mox, discard Wasteland, stage, Sylvan. And I force that sucker. Yes. I'm the one who draws cards in this matchup, not some non-blue deck, like a reality check. Nah, it's too scary. Like, you can never let lands. Like, my clock is so slow. They can... It's, it's just double ancestral if it needs to be. So I untap and just... Well, I take my turn and just play a fetch and pass. My opponent untaps and plays Loam and targets Wasteland. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I smell blood, boys. I untap, I play a second fetch, and I get basic swamp and basic forest. And I decay their Mox Diamond, (laughs) (laughs) which is their only green source. My opponent untaps, draws a card for the turn, doesn't dredge Loam, and pass back. Wow. Wow. Who's the mana denial deck now? (laughs) Yeah. And... If this happens to you, 
as a lands player against like a, one of these decks on turn turn three, you are dead. Like I draw some cards, I get super way ahead. They do eventually find a third Thespian stage so they can copy my forest. But at this time when they do that, I just play an endurance, put their loam into the into the bottom of the library and my player into the dark ages. So yeah, I win finally. So that's great. That's gonna feel so clutch. It's like perfecting a video game combo. I mean, it always feels good when you, I mean, I think both Robin and I have played plenty of lands. We both know how much it sucks when you don't have the green sources. And my opponent going loam target the wasteland and then playing the wasteland was just such a warning clock going mm. off for me. Like, I've been in that situation on the other side. They don't have better lands to play against my two basics. Mm. Oh, well, two fetches. One fetches in this case. But against a deck like Aluren, you want to progress with something spicier than a wasteland because I can always fetch basics. Yeah. So I knew that they're out of lands and they, they don't have green. So that was a very clutch play. So 2-1. No, good read, good read. My dear co-hosts are now in the top four. So half of the tournament is just us at this point, which is something I'm proud of. Robin, how was your semi-finals? Well, it was very interesting. I was paired up against the same Jeskai pup player that utterly defeated me in the Swiss. Ooh, ay, ay, ay. And like game one in this duel is just like a similar fashion of what happened in the Swiss. He utterly destroys me with the pup. I mean, at least I have three practice games now against this deck. <laughs> and I get, and I get to board in some cards that hopefully can do something, like Blasts, Veil of Summer, Endurances to beat up on the Flash In and beat up on the Planeswalkers and all of that. In game two, I get to draw out some resources from him. He has to force a library, if I remember correctly. And he doesn't really get going as fast. I present threat after threat that he needs to deal with. He gets the pup down but it ticks down and uh, I get to resolve a Minsk in Boo. I think with a Veil backup for his Blue Blast. Very nice. And I uh, managed to sort of swing the game around against him and clear out the pup. And then we have this very interesting situation, which I, like, fail <laughs> at, at doing the correct way, but it would have been so cool if I'd done it the right way. He has a Narset <laughs> in play, and I have a Minsk and Boo and a 4-4 little hamster. It can uh, it can attack the Narset. It can be thrown at the Narset. Both would kill the Narset. If you throw a hamster, you might draw four cards, but you might not do that if there's a Narset in play. But I, I have this lot of lands in play, and one of the lands is a Thespian stage, and one of them is a dark depth so i think that this is a very super interesting puzzle if i throw you know you don't decide what you throw before the resolution so if i throw minsk and he with his lone land decides to sword the minsk to prevent it from being flinged i can just make merit lage and fling it to his face but i misread the situation and don't realize that i'm not going to draw the four cards because he has an narset in play <laughs> so it's an easy choice for him to just let it resolve it kills the narset and next turn i need to like start over with minskabu but i managed to win this deck this uh, game even though this mistake but it was a very interesting situation and like if i done it correctly i think it would have been very interesting to see if he had plowed the boo or not of course the right choice is not to do it but the sequencing there sounds really tricky but i think it sounds like really tempting for me at least 
to try and just attack the Norset mm. and then make Marit and minus mm. Minsk. That seems like a very brutal line to yeah. deal with because either <laughs> either he denies you four cards mm. or he gets to live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the funny yeah, thing. But that's that's a very cool line. All right. So in the third game, he is playing around the wasteland by fetching island into island. And then on his third turn, he doesn't make a land drop and I smell blood in the waters. So I go after his cantrips with my blasts <laughs> and manage to get a little bit of a board presence. He eventually find a mountain, basic mountain, and can play a Narset. But I mean, that's manageable. It doesn't, it digs well, but it doesn't dig for land specifically. And like, if he's going to Supreme Verdict, he needs two white sources. So I need that like one white source. Okay, that's a plow, but he need two to really clear the board. So I can just jam the threats. And he plays the pup when he finds his white source. But then I already have a little bit of a board presence. And eventually I get Minsk and Boo into play. Which put immensely pressure on him. And uh, I can clear out the planeswalker. And I managed to win the third game. Thanks to him stumbling on mana basically. That's going to be really satisfying to to go 2-3 against this deck on the day and advance to the finals. <laughs> yeah, it felt absurd and <laughs> glorious at the same time because it was such a hard matchup. He played very well and uh, I felt like so lucky to 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 beat him in the, in the second and third game, but we, we were we, we were really battling it out. It was long games, very very like tiresome games and a lot of decisions and felt really good to end up victorious there. I mean, if you're going to finish in the top two of a tournament, you need to bring some amount of luck as well. Definitely. And I guess this is the match where that really came out for you. Yep. Yes. Right, Christopher, how about you? So yeah, I was up against the Mono Red Initiative. This is the person who was number one in the Swiss or number two. So me being on number three in the Swiss is uh, it's not great because that means that they get to be on the play. Another thing that's not great is mulling to four. <laughs> On the draw. <laughs> oh man. That's not how you're supposed to play that matchup. Yeah, especially against Mono Red Initiative. Mulling to four, you don't win those. Uh, you can, but with Aluren, it's very hard. I certainly didn't. It's all a blur. Like, not sleeping so much. I can't remember the details, but it was a pretty f- fast game. <laughs> but then for game two, I mulled to six, and I keep a pretty good hand where I get to sculpt and eventually deploy a pernicious deed. And the mm. deed is a spicy one. Indeed. Uh, I mean, in this scenario, it lets me kill some goblin tokens. After I deployed it, my opponent just attacked me with the uh, rabble master. So he had three extra tokens to spare. I think my opponent had a Trinosphere in play and maybe some other card. But, you know... I'm sitting there, deployed my deed. I take a draw and I just pass with five mana up. So I don't blow it immediately. This is to incentivize my opponent not to play anything on their turn. And they do not commit anything more to the board. Which let me blow it for, I can't remember, free, untap and kill them. <laughs> nice. That is very nice. That's That's one of the things I really love about deed. When you can just sit and relax on it especially when you have a, a combo that you just can you can clear the board and then try and fight the next turn for the win. Yeah, sort of a time walk there for you. Yeah, like, sure, they did attack me with 
for free extra damage. But, you know, sitting with a Serac in hand and a Luren, you don't really care about that. Eventually, we have game free, and I'm all to a six, and I keep Hydroblast, Strix, Grist, and Freelance. Love Grist. My opponent also moles to six, and goes Chromox, Spirit Guide, City into Karn. I should have really mulliganed for a force or force a negation because it's very hard to beat a turn one Karn with any deck. You know, I try my best to stay relevant in the game, but you know, Karn is very hard to beat from turn one. They got Sorcerer's Spyglass from the sideboard. I learned that they did not play Liquid Metal Coating, Mm. which would have been mega game over if they had. Yes. (laughs) Wow. But they did not have it. So instead, they get the Spyglass, and on their turn, they get to play the Spyglass and say, like, name Grist. From this, like, after my line, after my opponent's line, they had, like, one card left in hand. That's also important to remember. And they missed land drops for some consecutive turns. Maybe it was, no, it was a, an ancient tomb, but not a city. Eventually, my opponent draws running lands so they can lattice me on turn four. So that's... That's pretty rough. It is what it is. Uh, you don't win from Lattice. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, I was, I was just like, yeah, it's it's game free. It's the semis. I'm going to play it out. And my opponent just peels uh, a Chandra off the top as well to minus on, this is uh, Chandra, Torch of Defiance, to just minus on my Baleful Strix, <laughs> <laughs> which was the only card that I could cast that game. Hmm. So yeah, I, I eventually lose, but still very fun with the, with the semifinals. Would have been great to play the podcast finals, but I wasn't strong enough this day. Well, you were strong. Yeah, a super strong performance, given that you were also like planning on <laughs> one three with like three hours of sleep and yeah. Yeah, I was... Uh, I was really close on not going because I knew that I had this uh, wedding thing planned. You know, sometimes you just gotta put your money where your mouth is, sleeve up a Luren, and even if it goes to hell, you'll at least know that you tried. But third place was still very nice. Very nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, at the finals up against this Monored prison player. It's his own brew, I should say. It's not like... It's not the most aggressive monored stompy deck. It's not like Vinota initiative uh, kind of thing. It's a little bit of Planeswalker. It's Karn. It's Chandra. It's some of the Rebel Masters. It, it's a mix, one could say. And it's also undefeated on the day so far. Yeah, he had a tear. He had a, such a good run. He's on the play because he's uh, the first seed, right? And he starts off with a fast Rebel Master, which goes to toe-to-toe with my Reclaimer. Reclaimer is good at blocking the Goblin <laughs> and making like the Rebel Master not go completely out of control. But he follows it up with a Karn, which grabs a Spyglass. And the Spyglass forces me to activate my Reclaimer to grab uh, I need to make a fast merit leech basically I only get to grab half the combo with my reclaimer and then the reclaimer is not able to block so like the goblins run out of hand and basically I'm just too slow to assemble merit leech before he kills me with uh, all his little goblin thingies and game one is pretty fast over from there on in game two we slug it out and at some point he tap out maybe for planeswalker I don't really remember but I have a crop rotation in hand and I can crop for a Merit Lage at his end step that he is not prepared for. That 
is a pretty fast game and then we go into a third game which is not so fast. <laughs> I was uh, a bit tired. This was the seventh match played for the day and played pretty sloppy and it was a quite a messy game I should say and I, g- I got two warnings from the judges for <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <I> just... no. <laughs> <laughs> but le- let's not <laughs> I have I, I have a story when we get to it and uh, it's, yeah, I, I was screaming on the inside but yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, lot of missed triggers but anyway so this game i have a great hand but so do he so he starts presenting planeswalkers he has a karn he has a chandra and i have an endurance that is uh, fighting off these uh, guys he has already like killed a reclaimer and i think maybe a baby knight or something like that with his chandra ticking down and dealing four damage but when it's low on counters i can put an endurance into play which threaten his uh, his creatures and and then he fetches up a meek stone with his Karn, which of course invalidates my attacker. Also, my land base is consisting of a Mox, which is also checked by the Karn. So I'm a little bit in uh, sort of a prison here. And I have three lands. I have a double Minsk and Boo. And I rip a Force of Vigor. So on my opponent's end step, I can Force of Vigor the Meek Stone to unlock the Endurance. And I kill something else. Maybe it's a Spyglass, maybe it's a Mox Chrome. I don't really remember what it was. Yeah, it was it was some spell for two or three mana, I think. It was something relevant. Yeah... Yeah, I don't remember. The The most important target was the Meek Stone anyway. So I untap and I rip another land, a Wasteland. So I get my fourth land and can play the, the soul card in my hand, the Minsk and Boo. Make a little hamster plus on the hamster. And suddenly I can uh, kill his Planeswalkers with the Endurance and with the Minsk and Boo. From there on, I take over the game, I should say. On the coming turn, I attack for 7, and then I fling Minsk and Boo to draw a new 7, and draw the important cards to to get me out of there. So, uh, yeah, I managed to win the third game against Monored Prison. Yeah. <laughs> yay, 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 yay! Before we celebrate, let's go over <laughs> the, the warnings and my <laughs> existential crisis thing. Yeah. So... Warning number one, this was realized by the opponent too late, exactly one step too late. Robin cast an endurance with his Mox Diamond that was Karn locked with Karn because Karn entered the battlefield and then you cast it end of turn. So both players missed that, but your opponent realized it when you had untapped and drawn your card. When it's, uh, we learned that it's exactly too late. Yeah. So that one got to kill something i think or put pressure on it he had he had to jump with uh, some creature i think to preserve his karn yeah the- yeah yeah it was something like that the second warning was when you accidentally untapped your endurance under a meek stone. stone yeah <laughs> opponent was like eh, no the judge was like okay <clears throat> this is second warning play more carefully so then the match played on and the opponent played the case caves of chaos adventure yeah and gained the initiative you know eventually they had to jump block with it or or if they just let it through i think they attacked with it and i jump blocked with a with a reclaimer to trade and then i could attack and take the initiative back but i forgot to trigger no 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 yeah i remember exactly so they attacked and they now you attacked with a with a boo and they yeah. they were like, okay, I'm going to lose the initiative either way. And it's more important for me to get Caves of Chaos Adventures attack trigger than it is for right. me to absorb damage. So they let it happen. And this, like, in my head, 
all that I'm hearing is the judge's words like, just play more carefully. So that attack happens and Robin doesn't take the initiative. And like internally, I'm just screaming. I'm like, this this is just a mistrigger. It's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. So then Robin's opponent attacks and just, you know, takes damage. The exiled card was uh, a land and he's like so low on life like he's gonna he's gonna lose this game and he misses the initiative trigger as well right <laughs> yeah because because it's still on his side yeah so you miss taking the initiative and your opponent missed the initiative in his upkeep <laughs> due to him thinking that you had it that's so good i love this that's so good yeah yeah it was uh, it was so messy yeah and i was just sitting there like Man, this is really what after seven rounds of magic can feel like yeah, because all the opponents are really good, so you're really in the tank a lot. But now, to the celebration, Robin, you fucking legend. Yeah. <laughs> that was so fun to see. And like, yeah, you've been grinding with Naya and just killing it lately. So it was really nice to see you going all the way in the finals. Yeah, it was it was really cool to see that like I've been doing very good with Naya but I always feel like in when when it comes to like tournaments that actually matter I always feel like I falter in in the top eight I usually reach top eight but then I just play subpar or just I don't have the confidence to really go through it but it felt really good and deck was super kind to me Uh, the deck was better than me (laughs) playing so sloppy it got you there it got you to the finals and you got yourself there so that was really cool now we have one voice. Yeah, super, yep. super happy to, to follow this from a distance. Very, very proud. Not surprised, really. I mean, I've been waiting for you to, to take down a big one. I mean, you had you know, actual streaks you know, earlier this year. I mean, in the winter, you were, you were just a powerhouse. So I think this was in the mix, so to say. But nonetheless, super proud, super happy. Yes. And super happy for the support from you guys and uh, also Christopher for like sticking out and watching the finals and cheering. And that was so cool. If I slept three and a half hours to play that <laughs> tournament, I'm going to watch one of my best friends play the finals. Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to go home and just be like, oh, I need extra sleep. <laughs> no, fuck that. I, I yeah, was. It's, it's nice to have that support. You needed your cheerleader behind you. And that, my friends, is all we have for this episode. These guys, man, such heroes. So proud of you guys. So if you want to shower Robin and Christopher with praise like me, our Discord is the proper place to do so. You can find the link in the episode description. And in addition to Discord, you can hit us up on Twitter. We are at STHLM Legacy. We are also present personally on social media as well. Robin, where can our listeners show their love in your DMs? On Twitter, at... Jacka underscore boo. Hell yeah, Jacka underscore Minskin boo. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at MonolithMTG if you want to see very little tweets about anything. <laughs> I'll get more active, I promise. <laughs> and that is the end of the 90th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report. Thank you, Robinson Sien and Christopher Wikström. I am Victor Bernhardt. Special thanks to you for listening. The great Frönes has written our music. You can find more of their work on Spotify. And until our next episode, support your local game store and your judges. Do the right thing and throw your money at them if they support Legacy.